Hey guys, today on Launchpad Podcast, we are doing a little like nostalgia bomb. We are dropping into our path to remember some board games that were incredible and, and talk about some board games in general. There's there's some on here that are recent that I got to talk about, but a lot of these are like childhood memories and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into the episode, you know the deal. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod on our website, launchpadpod.com. We've been having a lot of fun hearing from you guys. Thanks to all our new listeners all over the world. We really appreciate when you guys reach out to us, tell us what you guys like about the show and the episode you're digging. We love hearing from everybody. Thank you so much. And thanks to all our listeners who have been with us this whole time. We love the OGs. Big shout out to all our listeners. But let's play some games, guys. Get on with the show. Let's roll the die on this bad boy. Good job, Rumi. Or a spinner, but then you get pissed at your sister because she fucking sit on, sits on it, so the, the arrow is warped and it always goes to yellow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into it on today's episode of the Launchpad Podcast. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. Matt, it's your turn. Go ahead, roll the die. <laughs> That's the die sound oh. in my okay. hand, because both are made of metal for sure. some reason. <laughs> That's it rolling across uh-huh. the board. Oh, yeah. What'd you get? 13. 13. Okay, uh, I'm going to draw a card. Plumpy, go back to the beginning. Fuck this game. I flipped the board. <laughs> uh, oh, my God, dude. I love me some board games. How about you? You know, it's funny because I, when we had this idea to do this this thing, I think you originally pitched it as, hey, what are some like cool board games you remember playing as a kid? I was like, oh, I have a couple that come to mind right away. But I, it was one of those things I was like, I don't know if I have enough to like get excited about and like do a whole episode about. And I sat down to like start writing down the ones I could think of. And already I had a list that was too much for one episode. Then I started pulling TV commercials and like watching and I was like I remembered 75% of this game but the other 25% when you watch the commercial you're like oh shit I forgot about that so it's like but board games is like one of those things like reading a good book I wish I could do it more but when I do it it's like freaking awesome and I have such a fun time when I was a kid our household our family was a big board game family we would often sit mm-hmm. down and play board games and it was really fun it's like one of my favorite memories growing up is board games with the family and then Found out later in life that my family is miserable to play board games with because we like sit and try and figure out the rules. Like, like not not in mm. like let's read the rules and be good at. We're like, what? How does this game mechanic work, and how do you exploit it to win? <laughs> and apparently, nobody likes to play games that way. <laughs> like. Our family figured out, the, you know the game Mancala? It's like... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a two little trays, and then there's all those little yeah. beads and gems. Beads and trays. There's a trick to it. And if you if you go first and you know which tray to go for, there's a mathematical trick that you win every time. And we figured that shit well, out. What happens if both people know it? Well, then then it's a much harder game, but you can stalemate. But like, it was, <laughs> it's really funny to like, you know, we get really into that. Or like, when I was a little kid... Candyland was the first game that taught me how to fake shuffle cards so you could count the deck. <laughs> and if I knew, okay, I go first, my dad goes second, my mom goes third, and if my brother is playing, he would go fourth. I could 
secretly stack the deck so i would get the good cards and then my dad just before he was inches from winning Candyland, would draw plumpy and have to go back to the beginning of the game <laughs> your your family's just a bunch of cheaters is what you're saying you're just cheaters outside strategy outside strategy is what what outside playing by the rules that's a, that's what's happening here I mean, the rules suggest how you play. How you play the game is a completely different matter. No. (laughs) The rules are not suggestions. Like, hey, just in case you don't know what to do here, this is what we think you should do. (laughs) The manufacturers advise that you begin the game on the start piece. But if you don't want to start in that space, go ahead. (laughs) No, no, you you had to start on the... What are some of the games you grew up with, Rumi? What's what's one that you and your family would sit down around the Corrigan household and uh, have a little game time? So we were more of a movie family than a game family, but we would sure. do the games once in a while. And I think it was more like my sister and I would do a game. And I'll come out of the gate swinging here, and I'll tell you one of my absolute favorite board games of all motherfucking time. And now I know you know this one because we've played it, but it is the VHS-led board game nightmare this game's ridiculous dude so yeah i was a preteen i was in middle school grandma nancy bought this for me on for christmas and we had just had like family christmas on a day that wasn't actual christmas you know yeah and i remember we came home it was dark and i remember like we it was one of those presents you got at grandma's house but couldn't play with because it was a board game that you needed a television and a vcr and she didn't have that so i remember what? I was like yeah. Wait, your grandma didn't have a VCR? No, not until she was almost dead. But <laughs> but it was one of those things that you're like, you know, and I'm sure my mom wouldn't have allowed us to dominate the living room playing this loud ass board game anyway. So, but I I mean I remember it like it was yesterday. We went we went home at night. We got back to our house and it was not late enough for bed yet. So my mom let me and my sister play it. My sister's name is Aubrey. We she let us play it. And I remember the box looks like a coffin and it says yeah. nightmare and it's got these two like winged gargoyle bat things on the corner. So like, okay, it's definitely a horror based game. You open it up and the board game is a cemetery and you have to, on these cards, you write your greatest fear and the other person or people do too. And then they shuffle them up, put them in the middle. And then you got to maneuver around the board, rolling the die and you pick up cards. There's different cards that tell you to do different things. But when you start the game, you put a VHS tape in the VCR and you hit play. And it- So, wait, before you get too far, I got some questions. <laughs> okay. What, what would you write? Was it spiders always? You'd write spiders and Aubrey would write, scared of clogging up the toilet at the launch pad? <laughs> I'll cut that out. I'll cut that out. So no, you can keep it. Because um, she's, she's not listening. I don't, know, I don't know what she would write, but I know I would usually write spiders. But the best is... The game is only, you can only play with six people. And if you play with six people, it's a lot. There's a lot going on because some of it gets very rushed. But we've had huge, as grownups now, as fucking 30-year-old people, we've had huge parties of people of like 12, 15 people playing the game. So we just double and partner up. So what we've done in the past is we've, like me and Amanda have been on a team. So you have to write your, fa- your, your biggest fear. My biggest fear was spiders. Our biggest fear was rape. So our car just said <laughs> raping spiders. So it was like oh, all no. these random, you know, like 
like uh, amalgamation <laughs> fears in this pile. Yeah, it was fucked up. <laughs> what, did you did did you go way to go, Amanda? Bring that. We're playing a fun board game. Yeah, here. it was <laughs> exactly that. I was like, are you Amanda? Are you kidding? But like, I mean, I like, guess I get it. That's horrible. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, ultimately, I'm, I'm I think I'd it. rather have spiders, right? Of those two, <laughs> but like, I'm afraid of heights. But like, I'm not gonna pick. Like, I'm afraid of genocide. That would be awful. I'd be ter- terrible. Yeah, genocidal. Heights. I'd be horrified. Yeah, genocide heights. But like, I'm not gonna put genocide in the fun board game I'm playing with friends. <laughs> yeah, that, that, maybe that's why I'm still not board game people. But, uh, so yeah, you put the tape in. The tape kind of so the tape instructs you it like it, how to it play says the, the game. Beginning, there's lightning, and it says uh, turn turn up the sound and turn down the lights. And I remember me and my sister got fucking psyched. So we cranked the sound. And we turned off all of the lights in the house. We could barely see the fucking game. And this old man, or a kind of creepy, almost like gatekeeper-looking guy, comes, a human, with a robe over his head, and he starts talking to you, and he's like, you want to play the game? My Do you want a little game? blast from the past, Rumi? Oh, my God. Do you have the gatekeeper? I have the gatekeeper right here. This is the commercial for Nightmare. Let's check this out. Do it. The game nightmare. The game hosted by a video. The gatekeeper. To win, you must stop it. Roll the dice. The video board game nightmare. The gatekeeper talks to you. His turn is it now? And you must answer him. Answer me. Guess my gatekeeper. Go for it. Nightmare. A race against time for three to six very game players. Let's party. Love it now. The best, okay, so... Yes, my gatekeeper, what, what is this BDSM thing? Oh, yeah, I, I won't get into the ins and outs of every aspect of the game, but he starts talking to you, he explains the rules, every time he comes up on the, on the TV screen and calls you, you have to answer, yes, my gatekeeper. If you don't, you get banished to the black <laughs> hole. Black hole's like jail. And there's other ways to get into jail. It's hard to get out of jail. He lets you out sometimes. Sometimes he comes and goes, and when he, so he talks to you and then he goes away. And when he goes away, it's just a digital clock counting down from 60. So the game is exactly an hour long every time. And every time he comes back, there's lightning, there's lightning and thunder. And he yells out, who's out? Is it next? That's the name I get. And you have to be like, yes, my gatekeeper. And if you don't, everyone else is going to rat you out. You got to go fucking go in the black hole. Now, in this video that we just watched, the commercial, and you guys should watch these. The, uh, the the kids playing are like probably like high school kids. That is not how the game was intended because there's numerous points where you have to roll your exact age. And when you start doing that and people are 35, 48 years old, you start fucking rolling the die. And you when you get over, you have to go back to the beginning. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, he keeps jumping up and scaring you. There's time cards. And each time card you get has a specific digital time on it. And it tells you to do something at that time. Sometimes you could steal things from other players. But one of the best ones is it will say, at such and such a time, scream at whoever's turn it is. So you're just fucking waiting and you just yell at this, this person. And you're going to scare them, even especially if they've never played the game before. And if you scare them, they got to give you their keys or, you know, there's something others. There's times where he challenges you to a staring contest and it is ridiculously long and you think it's a freeze frame. But you can see his hair is actually moving in like, you know, air. So he's staring, contesting you for real. There's times where you have to get really close to the screen and then he yells at you and screams at you and scares you. It's it really is fun as shit. And now as an adult, it's no longer scary, like zero percent, except for like the random yelling. But it is 
funny <laughs> as shit. And it is just yeah. like, it, it is a blast to play. And it's one of those games that like, you have to sit there for an hour, but every time we have a game night here, someone asks if we can play it. And that's the first one. The idea was to make a series of games that was going to be based, one, each game would be based on a different character because the characters don't do anything specific in the game, but one is a werewolf, one is a witch, one is a ghost. They made four four games, I think. The first one was the gatekeeper. The second one is a zombie. The second, third one is a... One of them is, is Elizabeth Bathory, and it's a vampire. I think that's the fourth one. Huh. It's Oh, the, the third... There's a vampire and a ghost, I think. They're not... They're not very... The sequels are not good. The first one is the best. Zombie one is, like, silly. Like, it definitely went more towards kids with, like, cartoons. <laughs> and it's not funny. But some of my friends love that one more than the first one. Are they all called Nightmare something something Nightmare something Nightmare 1, else? 2, 3, and 4. And then what happened oh my gosh. is... And I actually did research on this, not even for the show, just to find it. It was made by a board game company called Chieftain, and they were getting into the VHS game racket. Yeah. But then yeah. no one gave a shit about that anymore. So it folded atmosphere spelled f-e-a-r came back and did a newer version of the gatekeeper game i think they called it atmosphere and i they, they redid it so it's re the video is redone and i think it's on dvd oh and he starts in the in nightmare he starts off as a man but as the video goes pro- progresses he gets older and more decrepit and like turns into like this weird not creature but this old creepy ass man it's so goddamn fun. If you guys, I mean, you got to have cards and shit to play it, but I know that you can find the video on YouTube. You watch that shit. You tell me if it's not hilarious. I've played a couple of VHS yeah. games. It is by far the best. Like, it, put it this way. You guys know enough from stories. Amanda, my wife, who likes nothing cool, barely even likes me, likes this game. Like, she's on board to play this game. It is amazing, and VHS games are their own special brand of amazing because they're a slice in time. Because I guarantee you, some of our listeners are like, "What's a VHS?" Well, I didn't even <laughs> think of that. Now I feel terrible. <laughs> and I mean, we could explain it, but we got a lot of games to talk about, Rumi. So you got to look that up, up shit up on your own. Yeah, you got to do some research. But VHS games were incredible. I had a Star Trek one that was hilarious, and nerd, fun and funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, super nerd. And yeah, Nightmare was great. It, it, just, I wish we brought back this idea of interactive games like this. Like, you could do it on the internet. I don't see why people haven't tried. I'm sure somebody has, you know, whatever. I love the idea of like horror games. I love horror games in general. Mm. I always thought it was really funny that people were all hot on Ouija boards. And I was like, yeah, because Milton Bradley captured the dark portal <laughs> to another dimension. <laughs> you know, it's like, but yeah, like, come on. Like, have you played with a Ouija board before? Yeah, it's stupid. It's so Can stupid. Can I tell you, I'm 38 years old. I've yeah. never played with a Ouija board. And I just told someone that the other day and they couldn't believe it. I want what? to. The ones that I've seen, and I want to buy one, but like to me, you can't buy one unless you get it from like a thrift store or an old antique shop, right? Like I'm not going to go to fucking Target and buy a Ouija board that's on the shelf. Like that's not Hasbro brings yeah. you the devil. <laughs> I've seen the last one I saw was like purple and green, like neon colored. Like it, it looked like a haunted house. Yeah. Prop, you know, and I was like that. I just want it to look like wood random, you know, shit. Well, again, if if my earlier story was anything, I'm not the person you want to play Ouija with. Because <laughs> yeah, you try to figure out the mathematical reasons to make the ghosts move around. No, because I'm the one moving the fucking shit around. Everybody else is like, 
who's touching it? Who's touching it? I'm like, not me. No, I would suspect you immediately. <laughs> I mean, we were roomies for far too long for me to be like, oh, Ruby, I think it's a real ghost. <laughs> no, but here's the funniest thing is you and I would be like, all right, we're seance, we're seancing, we're Ouija-ing, we're Ouija-ing. And then you'd be like, stop it. You're pushing. I'm like, no, you're pushing it. Like, no, I'm not pushing it. And then we're both just trying to push it towards something funny to say <laughs> yeah. to make each other laugh. But we're just fighting over it really hard. And you're like, why is your arm flexing? And you're like trying to push it so fucking hard. We're just, just fighting each other and it just goes nowhere. And we're like, well, this game's stupid. I wasn't pushing it. <laughs> but the funniest part is we'd both be trying to spell like dick or something. And like, <laughs> I, would, I would be trying to say dick. You'd be trying to say cock. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. Fighting, yeah. Just fighting over something funny to say. That's what the Every time I've be. played it, somebody we've played with got really freaked out. And you're just like, dude, it 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 was me. We were just <laughs> fucking with like and that's the thing is when somebody starts to get freaked, everybody starts playing along with it. It makes it worse. It's 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 just a little it's a fun, stupid thing. I've never done it. I've I, I would try to do it. I've done like light as a feather, stiff as a board ship, but I've never done an actual week. Is that something? You you, is that something that happened a lot in the McLean house growing up? No, we didn't have a Ouija board. We weren't into that Satan <laughs> shit. But we did play a game that I love about murdering your family members to try and collect some inheritance money. Get the fuck out! I know what you're going to say. Go ahead, say it. This is Thirteen Dead End Drive, buddy. Yes. This may be one of my favorite games of all time, hands down. It's still fun to play. I have Thirteen Thirteen Dead End Drive, which was the more compact, like remade version. It, I guess it's a sequel, but it's not. It's the same game. But here's the commercial to 13 Dead and Drive. See you later, Chef. <laughs> the game's 13 Dead and Drive, where you can get rich by accident. It's nighty night for the hairdressers. Someone will inherit a fortune, but everyone's dying to bump you off. A little trip for the fortune teller. First out of 13 Dead End Drive, while their picture is above the mantle, wins. Lights out for the boyfriend. The fun's alive with 13 Dead End Drive. All right, can we first give props to the voiceover artist who did that, that commercial? Lights out for the boyfriend. Dude, this commercial shows these ridiculous cartoon puppets. I mean, yeah. their, their features are really exaggerated. They're really cool puppets murdering each other. It's yeah. great. And, 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 and what he's saying is a pun. So when he says lights out for the boyfriend, there's a chandelier falling. Dropping on. a chandelier, Night, yeah. Yeah, nighty night for the hairdresser, there's an, a suit of armor that falls, falls on, her. on her, right? And that's part yeah. of the game. Someone falls down the stairs, climb yeah. a ladder. So here's the deal. Everybody's, there's 13 people. <clears throat> they're all there in a mansion your great aunt has died and left a shit ton of money to somebody in this list. They're going to split the money between everybody, but every person that you can kill in the house, you get more of the money. And basically, there's a a, a painting on this 3D cardboard backdrop that holds all these little traps that you can activate. And whoever's picture is up there is getting the money, and they try to leave out the front door. Mm. And you try to. Everybody else tries to kill them. Now, the coolest part about this game is. You had a stack of cards in your hand that you were like, I'm any one of these five people. Any person playing the game can move any piece on the board. And you had to bluff to make people think that, oh, he's the boyfriend, but he's actually the chef. And so while they're trying to stop the boyfriend from getting the money, I'm sneaking around killing people. It's one of the most fun games. It's a great bluffing game. It's a fun lying game. And then... You have other cards that when you land a, a token on a specific spot, you can 
throw them off a ladder, throw them down the stairs, drop a suit of armor on them, throw them in the fireplace, and they burn up, drop a chandelier on them. It was so great. And this game had such great conniving trickery around it. We loved it. We loved it. That was a family game. It's definitely like one of the best made-for-children murder-for-profit <laughs> board games right <laughs> oh my god it's so good and it's like it's basically the plot of knives out but in a board game <laughs> that's true it's a lot of fun i remember me and my sister loved this one and i remember like to get into it the game itself was not difficult to set up it was not the mouse trap where you spent oh. 45 minutes putting everything perfect and no one could breathe on it otherwise yeah. you'd fuck it up like Dude. this was like you put this shit together it was like and it was like like you said a cool little 3d you know, arena that you could play in. Can I tell you real quick about Mousetrap? When we first got the game Mousetrap, my parents were like, okay, we got to read these instructions. And they're like trying to figure this shit out, like reading it together. And they put down the instructions and I had already built the thing. (laughs) I believe it. Then you figure (laughs) out the best mathematical way to trap the mice. Well, just how to cheat at it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know how you cheat at it? You take the silver marble and lose it. You'd step on the diving board man, so he's like yeah. broken, <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't doesn't balance right on the diving board anymore. Oh my god! Oh, but yeah, Thirteen Dead End Drive was so great. I, I still to this day love it. I, I like right now. I'm looking at the box of the compact sequel, and I love it. It's so good. I remember game. when that commercial came out, and whatever the subsequent holiday was, I think it was a Christmas, but some sort of Christmas, some sort of holiday where you get presents, me and my sister were hoping we got that game. And we did, and we were psyched about it. Because I remember we played that many times. Oh, it's it's so good. And this was one that was like, took convincing for my parents. I'm like, I want to get this game about murder. And they're like, hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 it looks really cool. But like, is it when fun you s- murder? Yeah. <laughs> and it was Is it murder, murder for profit? Is it at least a good reason for the murder? <sighs> it became one of our family's favorite games. It was so good. This is I- one of those that like, when, when you said we should do this episode, yeah, that was one of the, the, I had two or three that popped in my head right away. This was definitely one of it. And the thing I love about this game, and as far as a mechanic goes, like the ability, I love any game that involves bluffing. I love that. That's always super fun for me. Because <laughs> you're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been trained to be good at it from board games. <laughs> and I love the idea of like your your pieces are not your pieces. It's all like just a, a free-for-all in the board game, sure. which is cool. I love that. Oof. So well, good, let me man. let me hit you with another one. This is actually probably my number one that jumped to my mind when you say what's a fun board game you remember playing as a kid. Yeah, there's another one that me and my sister loved, and we I think this was Christmas or a birthday, but psyched. I think it was like nineteen early nineteen nineties. Grape Escape, remember that one, dude? It's one of the Play-Doh games, right? There's a whole yeah, rash yeah. of Play-Doh games. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's essentially Thirteen Dead End Drive, but with grapes. <laughs> Now, the commercial has a theme song, and I remember the theme song. Let's see if we can get that theme song going. The greatest game. That's the way you go is when you play the Grape Escape. The Grape Escape game. Race through the crazy jam factory without getting sliced, squished, mashed, or mushed. Hey, this is fun. I'm almost done. Maybe you want to know too late. That's the way you do it when you play the Grape Escape. Ruby's face. Can I tell you what I just saw? What? (laughs) Watching this commercial, Mm -hmm. 
these children are like having a good time. You have these Play-Doh grapes. And then suddenly the kids were like, do you want to play a game? And it turns into like a saw torture factory where there are literally (laughs) scissors cutting grapes in half. And these claymation grapes in the commercial are like, no, don't kill me. Cut in half with scissors rolled over by a steamroller thing they get crushed and their little faces are like oh god yeah (laughs) and like a guy gets stomped with a boot and his eyes popped out like if you watch this without the goofy fun music this is just a saw board game with grapes if you if you if if you personify yourself with the grapes like if you relate to the grapes, how funny would it be if you and i made a saw board game and just disguised this game like instead of Play-Doh grapes is like little Play-Doh people. people. And you just made, yeah, it would be yeah, awesome. You just made a saw board game. It was just this murder house torture game. And people are like, wait, this is just Grape Escape. And we're like, yeah, isn't it fun? So this this game, Grape Escape, came with a two-piece mold that yeah. was the front of a grape man and the back of a grape man. It was just a little grape with a face and hands and feet sticking out. Mm-hmm. For the saw one, you could have the same thing with people, but you have two different color Play-Doh. You put the orange one in first, and then you put the red in in the middle of it. That way, when you slam the mold together and, op- and open it, the whole person is orange. Then when you squish them, all the red Play-Doh squishes out through the <laughs> orange. That would be fucking cool. So if you guys haven't seen Grape Escape, it's it's phenomenal. It's this, just what we said, 13 Dead at Drive slash Mousetrap. You, each person is a different color little Play-Doh grape, and you got to go around this board and there's four or five traps on the board. One is a boot that squishes you. One is a like a rolling pin that has like almost like like a serrated rolling pin, so it like squishes you, like it rolls you out. There's a saw that almost looks like a uh, like a treat like a lumberjack saw, like a two-person saw, yeah. and it just saws you back and forth. I remember that was the <laughs> shittiest one because it it relied on a rubber band to apply the pressure to cut the grape in half, and it would never fully cut the grape in half. There was a scissors that cut you in half horizontally, so it cut your face slash, you know, <laughs> waist off. Oh, it was so good. Was that all of them? Did I hit all of them? Yeah, that's all of them, dude. These are gross, and it's and fun. it was all. And I think every time you did it, you had to go. You, every time you got chopped or smushed or whatever, you had to go back to the beginning. But I remember it was like such a simple thing. It's fun as shit because you get to like fucking make play doh and then just fucking chop it up. Dude, the problem with this game, though, is, and I remember playing this game once, loving it, and then the next time I was at my friend's house, I did not have this game, but I was at my friend Chris's house, and he had the game, and I was like, let's play Grape Escape. He's like, cool, we run over to it, and all the Play-Dohs dried up, so never played that game again. Oh, no, I didn't have that, but I definitely had Play-Doh that was full of dog hair. You know what I mean? From, like, putting it on the carpet and shit. Oh, God. We we kept it pretty good, but it was... um. <laughs> I love that game. Did you never have any question? I'm like, this is a little dark. We are murdering these grapes. We've mentioned three games so far. The first involved the cemetery and the next two involved murdering. <laughs> of you course know, we thought it was murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was weird when we had a game that there wasn't murder involved, you know? <laughs> wow. Wow. Like, yeah, I'm thinking like Hi-Ho Chariot yeah, doesn't have any yeah. murder. <laughs> but yeah you hit a certain age and suddenly all the board games become murderous the best is that commercial for 13 dead at driver it's like people are dying to bump you off like this is we're not even like disguising it you know what i mean oh my god wow um okay well here's one here's one that i have and this is uh pretty fun pretty apt for our recent month 
of episodes that we did, do you remember a little game called Shark Attack? I don't. So this game was wild. Let's listen to the commercial. Shark attack, just roll the dice, and when your color comes up, move your fish fast. The fish that survives will be the winner. Oh, will be Wow. So, yeah. That's the one that's like a, a circular game board. Yes. And the shark goes around you, and you, it's like a race. You're trying to keep in front of the shark, right? Yeah. And this game was so fast-paced. So this, this shark is connected to a center pin in the board, and he's mechanical. He has a little little wheel inside of him, so he goes... And just kind of leapfrogs around the board in a circle. And there's like racetrack, you know, there's track on the on the board that your color fish swims in and you roll dice and then pass it to the next person. They roll the dice and whatever colors pop up, that fish moves forward and you just try to roll as fast as you can so that the shark does not catch you. And inevitably he would catch everybody and the game would be over. <laughs> I remember, you know, when you said that, it didn't ring a bell. And then when you said it, um, when you started playing the commercial, it didn't ring a bell. But when I looked it up, I, re- I remember what it was immediately. The commercial has like these great like cartoons of people being eaten by a shark. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> but this game holds a special moment in our family because can you imagine how your dad feels when he goes to play the game Shark Attack and opens it up and finds the VHS for Last of the Mohicans inside, which he had to pay $120 for to Blockbuster because they had lost it. <laughs> Was it literally one hundred and twenty dollars? That's that's the fee. Yeah, yeah. You had to pay a lot of money to replace a VHS what? back then. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. It's a severe punishment. Like he had to pay a lot of money for it, and he was to find the VHS inside of the game we were about to play. He was not happy. Did it ruin game night? Or did you still play it? <laughs> it just it was not the same. Definitely not as fun to play the game. <laughs> We kind of wish we were playing a different game, Don't Wake Daddy, as opposed who, to... <laughs> who lost the VHS, you or Kevin? To this day, it's a mystery of who put it in the Shark Attack game. We blamed it on the babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something a babysitter would do. Because like, it, it disappeared after we had had a babysitter, and they thought she took it. And she was like, I didn't steal your damn movie. Was it just the tape or the tape and the, the case? Tape as well? and the case, yeah. God. Last of the Mohicans. That would have driven. Yeah, what a movie, too. Did you watch that as a kid? No, no. They let the babysitter watch it. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I watched that as an adult and was like, this is awesome, but it's certainly not a kid's movie. I don't know who put the VHS inside Shark Attack, but that's where we found it. And ooh. Ooh. This shark is like a maniac. Awesome. Oh man. Yeah, these commercials are great. I'm glad we pulled these up. But yeah, Shark Attack was such a fast-paced game. It was like almost over immediately. And I mean, you played it a couple times in a row, right. but ooh. That's a hard one though because it's like your your success depends on how fast everybody else is doing shit too. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, like I couldn't play that with Amanda because Amanda would be fucking dropping the die. 
she'd be getting up to check her phone. You're like, what? There's a fucking shark here. And he's a maniac. We got to go. Oh, it's a fun game. It's It It was good. That was a good one. That's a, I remember that. And I don't remember necessarily loving or wanting that. I know I never played it. But it reminds me of a game that I have here that I was going to say like is an honorable mention. That yeah. I first, when I looked it up to try to find what it was called, in my head I can kind of see it. And I Googled it. And it was not a shark. It was a crocodile. But Crocodile Dentist. Do you remember That's that That's on one? my list too. I never had that. And I think I played it once with a younger cousin. Because I think I was just a little too old for that when it came out. But it looked so fun. Well, let's have a listen. Here's the commercial from 1992. Help me, my toothaches. No worries. I'm the Crocodile Dentist. I'll fix that smile, you crocodile. I'm the Crocodile Dentist. Crocodile Just grab and pull. There's quite a mouthful. I'm the Crocodile Dentist. The game's Crocodile Dentist. Take turns pulling teeth, but don't pull the wrong one or he'll snap and you're out. It's a mouthful of fun, but don't pull the wrong one. I'm the Crocodile Dentist. I feel so much better. From Milton Bradley. That game was awesome. I've now since looked it up and there's a Godzilla one. It's not called Godzilla, but he looks like Godzilla. But I thought that was fucking cool. And I remember like the idea of that biting you is cool because it's also like the fucking shark attack who's a maniac yeah crocodile dentist was one of those games that like you it had a spring mechanism inside so that you know it was random which tooth was the trigger and you had to pull the tooth out and if you pulled the triggering tooth it would snap but the tooth was different every time but you could kind of tell which which one it was when you touched it so we had to have this rule that came up that's like you pick if you touch it yeah yeah you touch it you pick it you pull it there is no, well, oh no, I, I want a different one. But that game was super fun because it would surprise you too. You'd be like, well, and then we got the travel version, which honestly was almost better because he was a little tiny crocodile and he'd open up and you'd press the tooth with your finger down like a button and then he'd snap yeah. on your finger, which was like, ah. see, that's the one I think that I played. I think yeah. I played that one. I love that game. Yeah, that seemed pretty cool. And that, that your, your shark attack made me, made me think of that one. It, it looks very similar. The cartoon shark, big plastic cartoon animal with teeth. Yeah, it's great. Mm. You got another one? That was a short one. Yeah, well, I got, here's a good one. And this is one of those things that for me was like that, that type of memory that nobody else in the world seems to have. And you're like, did I invent this fucking thing? The Mandela effect? Berenstein Bears sort of shit? Like for me, for years, years, that was the special edition of Aliens, because the first time I ever saw Aliens, it was the director's cut special edition my dad had rented, and it was I saw the sentry guns, and then in subsequent mm-hmm. viewings, I didn't see the sentry guns, and I was like, where is that scene? And whoever I was with would be like, what scene? are like, where the guns, and they're shooting down the hallway, it's like an automatic machine gun, they're like, what are you talking about? You're like, <laughs> you don't remember, and like, then you're like, wait, did I make that up? And then you like start to think you're fucking crazy. You ever have shit like that? All the time. All right, because you, you, you look like you froze for a second. I was like, shit, am I the only person who no. has senile moments, even though I'm young? No, no, no. It's called the Mandela effect, but I, I call it dimension moments where I'm I'm like, well, I must have passed through a dimensional wormhole and I'm just in a different <laughs> dimension now. And I'm the only one who thinks this and everybody else just doesn't remember. I thought you said dementia, like you're an old person who has dementia, but I like dimensional <laughs> much better. <laughs> you're like, I just came from a different dimension that had a scene in Aliens that none of you guys have seen in this dimension. <laughs> I, I mean, it's ridiculous. I came home once and my wife was watching a TV show and I was like, 
oh, what are you, what are you watching? And she's like, it's my favorite show. I'm like, uh, okay, it seems like a British comedy. And she's like, yeah, it's Abfab. I was like, I don't know what that is. She's like, absolutely fabulous. It's my favorite show. And I was like, we've been married for almost <laughs> nine years at that point. I've never heard of and the show. And we dated a lot before yeah. that. I've never heard of that show. You've made me watch tons of Sex in the City, Little House on the Prairie, uh, you know, any number of television shows we've right. watched together. I've never heard of this British comedy until today. And you're telling me not only does it exist, but it's your favorite it's show. Your and favorite then show. after that moment, that show appeared in the world. <laughs> like, I saw it other places and I was like, I passed through like at one point I was just driving home and <laughs> went through a dimensional wormhole into a world where the fucking Abfab was the thing. Abfab was, was the thing. Show. The Berenstain Steen Bear thing. I've heard of that. I never thought about that, but didn't even bother me. People were like, oh my God, is it blowing your mind? Like happens to me like once a week. So don't even worry. I invented that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this game that I'm about to explain is that. And the best was, as a kid, it happened. I was the only kid, like, after I no longer had this game anymore, none of my friends knew what it was. And I was like, some of you fucking played it with me. And they were like, I don't remember that, you know? What game And it this? wasn't until, it really wasn't, I think one kid in college said, yeah, I remember that, but gave no discerning details to make me think that he agreed. What is it? You're killing me. I want to find out if we're from the same dimension, Rumi. Torpedo Run. It was a floor war game where you were a you you on a big, almost like two size two times the size of a movie poster board on the floor that looked like a you know a, 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 a an ocean. You'd set up these little battleship models, different battleships and destroyers, and you'd have like the the hull of the ship. Then you'd put some stuff up on the bridge. Like the bridges, there'd be two or three bridges in each boat that you snapped in to some spring-loaded thing. And you had to shoot at them. Yes. There were little yes. slots. You remember it? Same here's, dimension? Here's, yes. But here's the weirdest thing. Never got to play it. We set it up. I wanted this game because you actually got to fire shit at stuff yeah, and yeah. it would topple over. But my buddy who had the ship parts that we could shoot at didn't have the mat anymore. So we just kind of oh. did it on the table and that yeah, was fun. Yeah, yeah. So I've never played, I guess I've never played the game, but we set up the ships and fired little rockets at each other. I mean, that's the jit. It's, so yeah. it's like one side was tan and one side was like slate gray. Yeah. And you have these battleships and when you put the battleships on the floor or on a flat surface, there were little slits in the bottom of the hull that corresponded to the bridges that you, you pushed into it. And each team had one submarine and the submarine could shoot these little red discs. And if you shot the disc well enough into that slot, it would blow the bridge spring loaded bridge off the top of the hall. Yeah. And I do not remember if it was a turn taking situation or if it was just all out war, but it was fun as shit. And I played that game a thousand times. And then grew up, we probably sold it at a garage sale or donated it to neighbors or something, and never heard of it again. And before the fucking internet was created, I was the only person on earth who remembered that this shit was real. Different dimension. And then the internet, like, some, like I said, some kid in college was like, oh yeah, I remember that, but he didn't add anything. Like, you just started saying shit that showed me before I said it that you knew what I was talking. 
Yeah, here's here's the thing about the internet is the internet is cross-dimensional, man. You can find anything on the internet, whether it's in your dimension or not. Like you can find people who are like, I mean, I live in a world where there's a pandemic going on, but if you go on the internet, there's people who live in a world where it doesn't. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. They seem like morons, but hey, you know what? It's their dimension. Here is the commercial from 80s Torpedo Run. Here we go. Introducing Torpedo Run, a floor wars game from Milton Bradley. Dive! Dive! Enemy fleet attacking! Command your battle station! Fire one! Fire two! Our destroyer's been hit! Red alert! Red alert! The flagship listing is burned! Have a war on your floor. Play Torpedo Run. New from Milton Bradley. So the, the living room is tilting and everything, right? The water starts rushing into their living room. Yeah. Right? Have a war on your floor. That's great. And he says a floor war game, which I didn't look it up, but leads me to believe that there are other floor war games. I hope so. Like, is there a tank game? Or just this just be the one? You could just do this. Yeah, you could make the same fucking game, right? As the tank. It's so cool, but it also, to me, is like the commercial is... You, if you put that in a RoboCop movie, I wouldn't be able to tell you that that wasn't a fake commercial. Yeah, I agree. There, and I, watching these commercials, you actually feel like that a lot, right? Some of these vintage 80s commercials. But yeah, Torpedo Run, that's one of those games that while I was looking it up for this episode, I went on eBay and I, I, I looked around a little bit. It's a little expensive. Yeah, it's tough, man, because this stuff is so freaking cool. I definitely can't. I have a sideshow Sideshow R2-D2 figure I want, and now I want to get Torpedo Run. Uh, well, speaking of like games that you had with your friends that was kind of a mess, here is one, and has a bitchin' song, here's one that you have to know. I mean, you must, I mean, of course you remember this, everybody remembers this. Even if you didn't have the game, you know the fucking song. It's sometime in the yeah, future. of course. The ultimate challenge. I love the kid at the end. Yeah! And it's like they're in like a Thunderdome type situation, right? Where they're like uh, in like this post-apocalyptic thing where they fly in on the pieces and they're like hovering over fire. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Thunderdome for sure. And they're shooting these little guns. Now, here's how you could always tell that your friend had a crossfire game is because you find those little pellets all over the fucking house. You'd find like if you're like digging through their toy chest looking for like Leonardo and then you'd find like a handful of those pellets. You're like, you got crossfire, bro. And they'd be like, yeah, man, it's over here somewhere. And then like, you dig over and you'd be able to like, toss the E.T. doll out and that fucking little robot that you put tapes in, throw him out, and you pull out the giant board <laughs> and you'd find as many of those little balls and pellets that you could and put them in there and then and shoot them at these little spinning disc balls to try to get them into the goals. And it was so fun. See, I must have been a really organized, neat kid because I didn't lose a lot of that shit. And I, I never put Crossfire... Crossfire was always horizontal. I never put it in anything. Those balls never came out. But the problem with it was, it's like this this flat board. If you guys haven't played, it's a flat board, and there's a trough at each end. And over the trough, you have this gun that shoots these ball, these little balls, rolls them out onto the onto the board. But the gun is open on top. So the idea is, as Aaron shoots balls at me, <laughs> I scoop them. <laughs> 
anyone's he shoots, I scoop out of my trough with my left hand and drop them into the open top of my gun as I shoot with my right. But then that does turn into fucking balls going everywhere, all over the floor and shit. Yeah, it is because uh, you get caught up in the crossfire. You get like the song says, the cross- you get crossfire. caught up. <laughs> and I, the best is, I think every fucking kid that played that game yelled that song at some point while playing it, right? Because you had to be like, you get caught up in that because you do. You get caught up in it. That was good advertising. That was good accurate advertising. Oh man, that was a fun game that I never had, and uh, but luckily enough of my friends had it, and we played the shit out of it. So mm. it's all good. It's okay, mom and dad. You're off the hook on this one, <laughs> dude. How funny if you actually did have it, but it was just in a VHS cover that you had to pay 112 dollars. <laughs> my dad's not laughing at that joke. <laughs> Sorry, he Mr. probably Aaron. he probably would have just forgotten that and been like. You brought it all back. I would love to see that like a couple days after he pays that fine to Blockbuster, he's walking in like the streets of like Broadway in New York City and the snow is lightly falling and he's looking in the window of a toy store and they have Crossfire now only $127 or whatever (laughs) he just said. And he looks at it and then he looks down sadly and just keeps walking along. (laughs) <laughs> no, it gets even worse in his mind he like looks up to the snowy sky and he sees me and him playing it and yeah. like, we're, both, we're both so happy because you guys fly in on those little discs and you get yeah, caught up in the crossfire we're both so happy and then suddenly my brother walks in he's like hey guys wanna watch last of the mohicans and it ruins the dream and he walks away and kicks some sludge hates it Ugh. car drives by and sprays him with ice sprays and it, snow. yeah with like brown snow <laughs> could have been fun could have saved the family crossfire man <laughs> all arguments could you imagine hey hey guys we don't argue in this house we crossfire it out yeah. get down get down here now it's like i'm not taking out the trash you're taking out the trash did you have a preference over because there was two things you shot at one was a triangle and one was like a uh like a spinning ninja star the ninja star was the was the one to go to because yeah. it had the yeah. most surface area. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh man! Well, here is. <laughs> uh, I already went. You got one. I do have one. I have one. I have a couple more, but I have one one more good one. All right, hit it. Bed bugs. You ever play bed bugs? Fuck yeah, bed bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly the reaction I thought you'd have, but I'm excited about it. You get caught up in the bed bugs. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bed bugs. <laughs> Here is the commercial for bed bugs. Fuck yeah. Bed bugs! Hey, we've been discovered. Catch us if you can. Hey, guys, we're going to scram. Bed bugs is the frantic catch and capture game where you pick a color, Yellow. then scramble to catch the most bugs. I win. Bed bugs was you bought this, you bought the game, and the game had this little bed that was probably like a foot long, and you put batteries in it. And when you turned it on, it was a, it was a, you know, a bed frame and then this flat surface inside of it. And the, that would vibrate. It was thin and it would vibrate. And you'd yeah. put all these different colored bugs, little colored, like four or five different, four, four different colored primary color bugs on there. And they'd bounce around. And each person had a pair of tongs and you had to catch the bed bugs off. And remember, it was really fucking hard unless you figured out the, the cheating way. Not the cheating way, but the cheating way was to try to pinch them into the back underbelly of them because it was indented. You can get a good grab. 
but it was like pretty fucking hard to do. And I remember my sister was a cheater. She would always hit your tongues with her tongues, which I don't remember if that was the rules or not, but that's how she would play. She would play defense. Outside strategy. Yeah. Outside defense. strategy. <laughs> it's not yeah, in the rules. So it must not be one. I don't know why, but like within the last two months, I've thought of this game twice. I don't know why it's come up in my brain, but it was fun as shit. And I really like the design of the bugs. They're these cute little beep boop beep bugs. Well, after this guy gets in, in bed, it has a picture of a man in bed going, oh, he's spooked <laughs> out. Uh, after this guy gets infested with bed bugs, he needs an operation and you'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sw- true. swap over to that other game where you got to play surgery on a human being who had a bunch of weird bones inside of him and you had to carefully pull them out with metal tweezers. And I didn't realize this till later, but the metal tweezers had like a plastic coating around the top of them. But if you Mm -hmm. grabbed it at the wrong spot, you could electrocute yourself, which was fun. (laughs) I would love to remake that game. But like you said, like the saw version. And instead (laughs) of going, um, and his nose lighting up every time, I would love to have like a scream. Ah! <laughs> like every time every time you hit the sides. Dude, on the box for operation, the doctor doing the operation was smoking. <laughs> I think actually I do remember that. It was the weirdest it thing. It was a You're different like, time. It was a very different time. I don't know where I got this. <laughs> Let's see. Operation. Oh, oh, I Googled operation and got a bunch of pictures of people's insides. Okay. <laughs> Game. There we go. Classic game <laughs> operation. Doctor, my belly aches. You got butterflies in your stomach. You got a jolly horse. Operation. A broken heart of court. Operation. The whitest crime is true. Operation. I'm the doctor for you. Operation. Remove the pieces and collect your fee, but don't touch the sides. <laughs> Water on the knee. Operation. How's another fee? Operation. A rib or two. Operation. I'm the doctor for you. Milton Bradley. Wow. Yeah. So the dude has like, not anymore, but in the original thing that I have, it's little kids are dressed as the nurses and they're like bringing <laughs> buckets to kick, to catch his organs in. And there's a weird Einstein looking guy who's like probably some sort of like Nazi doctor who was brought to America and he's <laughs> hiding out. And the other guy has like a cigarette in his mouth and he looks like he's just going to stab this guy in the face. These guys obviously have been testing the nitrous on themselves and (laughs) they're about to do operation on this poor fat naked man who has a drunk nose. (laughs) (laughs) Who has a drunk nose. That's a good description. I know the game you're talking about based on that. In more recent versions, they made sure that he was given like red boxer shorts but in the version I had, he was just a big, fat, naked man who was so fat you couldn't see his junk. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, mine, growing up, the one I had, he was naked. I don't know that he was so fat I couldn't see his junk. I'm not sure about that, but he, he, he was like a, a, a androgynous. Like he just had no, he had just had like a smooth crotch. <laughs> right? Uh, sir, there's a bigger ailment here that we need to talk about. <laughs> That was like, the doctor ran and he was like, oh, somebody already got that piece. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about your spleen that's shaped like a piece of bread, but uh, (laughs) the lack of genitalia is a huge problem for you. Oh, man, that's great. That is, uh, that's a fun one. Fucking stupid operation. Do you have any other big ones? Yeah. Before we get into the ones that like 
are more modern that I want to talk about. Here's one okay. that was super fun. Let's just start with the commercial. Let's just play that commercial right off the bat. All right. Danger lives on Fireball Island. More than a mere board game, it's a three-dimensional adventure. I'm dog meat. <laughs> and the kid's like all dejected. He's in a, a rich person's explorer outfit and he's like sitting all dejected. I'm dog meat. Yeah, because he's going to die. This game, Fireball <laughs> Island, was super cool. It was like a Indiana Jones game that had a big 3D printed board. This was a very like involved piece it was like um what would you say vacuum formed and painted yeah and at the top it had this like big stone face that you could drop marbles into and the marbles would roll across the board and knock over the other players and the whole point of the game was to like collect treasure and get this jewel and get off the island and there were fireballs and and you could pull cards that would let you drop fireballs or rotate the head so it yeah because the, head, at your the, the, the board was like a mountain right it, yeah it, it, it was a mountain it peaked yeah. at a certain point and there was this idol head up there, and he could you could turn it so that he could face different paths leading down the mountain. And the oh, marbles I would roll down. Yeah, game. it was so fun. And another good game to have that, like, there was strategy involved with how you, like, collected stuff and to which paths to take. But, like, there was this random chaos element of these marbles just rolling down the board. Mm-hmm. So and they, fun. you could get hit by marbles. Sometimes, you know, there were certain spots where you were safe from marbles, certain spots you were vulnerable. There were times where you'd cross a bridge that was on a different path, but you could like, I could send a marble down a different path and it could cross over the water that your bridge was over and knock your bridge over. So you could like, you could firebomb somebody on their path, but then also have that marble hit the water, which would then hit the bridge on another path. You could take out a couple people at once. I love this game. This is one of those ones that, for no joke, the last 10 years, I'll scout on eBay. But to find a complete version of the game, it's over $100, $200. Lucky for you, Resurrection Games re-released it. I know, but I think it's different. I think it's different. I want the original original. Uh, it is a little different, but I think they, they have made it a more complicated game. In yeah, like, I would think. Which is, seems cool to me. I'm into it. Yeah. Oh, it's man. freaking cool. It was a fun game. This is some, this is was a staple in the McLean house. I don't know if we had this, but I played it at friends' houses all the time. This was oh, I definitely one. had it for sure, for sure, for sure. And I had to be you had to be careful because the vacuform board was like pretty um, thin, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it was easy to poke holes in some of the spaces, so it was like very, very easy hard to rip to do that. Yeah, yeah, or peel some of the paint off at least. So here's one I need to throw out that this is from a when when I started dating my wife. We were in college, you know, we were in our 20s, and we were at her house and we're cleaning out a closet. And she was like, Best date ever. Oh my God. <laughs> Look at this board game. We need to play it. And this was Mall Madness, the game that had a credit card swiper. <laughs> I know it from the commercials. I've never seen it in person, but. Oh my God. Well, here you go. This I took is... Amanda on more conventional dates, I suppose, than closet cleaning. sometimes you're just hanging out you know she's like hey i'm cleaning closets today do you want to hang 
This game definitely was trying to impress some uh, gender roles or what they thought. Like, that's the thing. It's like, wait, you want your teenage kid to get a credit card and rack up a debt at the yeah, mall? Yeah, see, I thought the same thing. I was like, like, take the sexism and, and stuff out of it. You're like, no, I don't want to teach my kid to rack up credit card bills. Although it is the same premise of 13 Dead End Drive, just without the murder, right? Yeah, it's the best part, though. Oh, what if Mall Madness had Killbots in it? <laughs> that's awesome i would play that i would play that for sure kate and i played mall madness and dream phone and dream phone is like i remember dream phone guess who with a telephone and the telephone would be like he looks cool in whatever he wears and you're like hmm it must be one of you these. have to find a boyfriend in that it was a murder yeah, right yeah yeah it was a boyfriend yeah find a boy find a boyfriend he's not wearing a hat <laughs> Electronic game with the talking phone to win. Call guys, get clues, figure out which guy really likes you. He's not wearing a hat. Bye, guys. What he say? My secret. You. Uh-huh. He's not at the beach. See you later, guys. <laughs> it's Dan. Dan, my man. You're right. I really like you. Yes. <laughs> Dream phone, the hot electronic talking phone game. It's for you. I think it's interesting that she married you after playing that. Those two games. She was like, huh. All right. Uh, this this earn this guy with some more dates. <laughs> See if I can trick him into cleaning out my garage next. <laughs> I I didn't know the mechanics. I hadn't spent years <laughs> dissecting cheat at that the ins and outs of Mall Madness. But like, yeah, that it was amazing that that game still worked because we didn't have to put new batteries into it. I'm like, wow, these batteries have been in here from the 80s, and you still were like, Boop. wow, there's a sale in the shoe store. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and there's an alternate universe where you started that and you were like, that's my favorite game. That's my favorite game of all time. And you're like, we lived together for six years. I never once heard you mention that game. I never my heard you mention game. Mall Madness. I used to watch Ab Fab while playing Mall Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more games? Because I have another one in a mall. Yeah, I have, a, I, have one, one, I have one more. All right, hit me with it. It was called Feed Me. And it was... I think loosely for licensing reasons, loosely based on Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. And it was oh. like a little plant that sat there and you had marbles. It was red and black marbles, if I remember correctly. And you'd open the mouth and there was a yellow tongue area, like the bottom of the mouth. And it was spring sensitive. So you'd have to put your marbles in and try not to have it close and definitely not to have a closed pinch on your fingers. It was fun as shit. It was very simple. It was fun as shit. You just take turn throwing marbles in this thing's mouth and you had to do it carefully that you didn't get your fingers snapped by Audrey 2. I mean, this is absolutely Audrey 2. This is straight up Little Shop of Horrors before it's asking for blood. Feed me. It's the game of Feed Me. I'm a hungry plant. Feed me. Better watch your hands. Toss the dice. They'll tell you how many marbles I must eat. But if I swallow on your turn, you're out. 
the tree. Feed me. He's a hungry plant. Feed me. I don't care who feeds me. Just drop them in my mouth. Give me more, more, more. Can't get enough. Oh, won't you feed me now? I win. Feed me. Brimilson Bradley. Wow. And yeah, this is step one, because then you get, you, when it snaps your finger when you eat the marbles, that's when the game gets interesting, because then you have to start squeezing blood into it. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. And then you give it too much blood, and then you're like, I don't want to give you any more blood. And he goes, tough titties. Yeah, then the, the, game, <laughs> the game starts telling you what to do, and you're like trying to go to sleep, and it's calling you into the other room. <laughs> start putting pets into its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was dubious about Milton Bradley having a portal to another dimension with the Ouija board, but this is definitely a murder plant, right? <laughs> Have you seen this game? Do you remember this? I don't. You're in a different dimension on this one, but like looking at it, it's like why I would want the shit out of this game if I saw yeah, it as a kid. Yeah, I loved it as a kid because I, I like I like the the not the original movie, but you know the 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 Frank Oz one. Oh um, yeah. Suddenly, uh, like I love that. Yeah. I love. I mean, obviously, the nuances were lost on me as a kid, but I loved. There was a giant plant that ate people. Standing beside me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So good, dude. Um, that looks amazing. So I'm gonna take it back to the mall. This is a game. This is a more modern game. This wasn't a. This wasn't a one that I played as a kid. I don't know if you guys know this, but I have a very large collection of zombie board games, like a very large collection. I have such a large collection of board games that my wife wants me to get rid of it (laughs) (laughs) because we never get to play them because they're all very complicated and bizarre. But like games like zombie uh, games, like uh, the last night on earth, fantastically fun games, really cool games. But one of my favorites because it's convention is so concise is called Mall of Horror. Now, most of these zombie games that I mentioned have like a combat element, and anytime you have a combat mechanic in a board game, it gets complicated. This game is all about you're in a mall and you're holed up in different places and you are trying to vote people out of the place where you're holed up and feed them to zombies. There's no like fighting zombies. It's all about the inner turmoil inside different rooms in the store. So you have characters and you're different colors and you're all like, okay, we have rushed to the shoe store. And now you're in the shoe store and you're trying to vote somebody out to kick them out to feed to the zombies. It's fun. Pretty cool. That's I'm on board with that. And that's one that will cause fights because everybody's like, wait, why are you picking on me? And you're like, it's the quickest mechanic to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we lived together. I don't remember if it was this one or a different one. But I remember that there was a, a zombie mall. I think it was mall, but definitely a zombie board game. And you were like, once in a while, you'd bring it up. Hey, you want to play that game? But you would always follow it with like, it's really hard to learn and really complicated rules. So it was always like that thing of like, hey, you want a bite of this? It tastes gross. It's like, no, I, I don't. Oh, damn. Because <laughs> to me, I'm like, if somebody's like, I got a game and it's got a lot of rules. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm listening. Because, like, I love me some, like, D&D. I love, like, role-playing games that have, like, a lot of rules. I love that shit. It's probably not Mall of Madness. Mall of Horror, sorry. Because Mall of Horror was fairly simple to learn and pretty quick to play and fun. The other zombies game, like Zombies, with a lot of exclamation points, and Last Night on Earth were more complicated, for sure. Mm. Last Night on Earth, I think, was the one that you would always be like, hey, want to play? It's really fun, but so hard. No, it's not that bad. 
Yeah, you would make me sit down first. You're like, you want to play? Sit we down. played that with it's my brother so and my dad and wife once when they came to visit us. I think in the Pasadena house at the launch pad at post launch pad. I was married at the time, and my brother literally rolled ones all night long to the point that it was freaky deaky. Like we're like, okay, you can roll again. He's like, he just hated it. He's like, I'm over it. I'm just. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> and we're like, just just play the game. He's like, no, I'm fucking done. And he'd roll it, and it'd be a one. It'd be like, you got to be shitting me all night long. All he could roll was ones. Freaky. <laughs> mm. So you got no more games? Nothing? That's it? That's it for you? I mean, I, I could. those are the ones that I had prepared. I could easily probably think of some. Yeah, I got one more game. Oh, then yeah, just do yours. All right. All right, here's the last one. And I got to put this out here because it is one of my favorite games, even though it's a little complicated. It is so good. This is the Thing game from Mondo. John Carpenter's The Thing. Is it called that or is it called Outpost 31? It's called The Thing, Infection at Outpost 31. It has like a subtitle. Okay. And I got a little treat for you because I made a commercial for The Thing, Infection at Outpost 31. I have the gun, so I'm in charge. Oh no, sabotage. One of your friends might not be who they say they are. I don't trust Blair. He's acting funny. Oh, I know I'm human. McCready, put down that flamethrower. You may not know who to trust, but you do know out there in the dark, the thing is waiting for you to make a mistake. Nobody trusts anybody now. I know you guys have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. The Thing, Infection at Outpost 31, by Mondo. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this game is so cool. It's developed by the poster company Mondo, and it's half like sabotage bluffing game, like the game Resistance, where it's like you try to figure out who's the thing, and the other half is like a resources searching fighting thing game. So the board game, you're going to different rooms looking for rope, looking for flamethrower, looking for dynamite, fighting things. But every time you go on the mission, somebody has a chance to sabotage. So while you're doing these missions, you're trying to figure out by process of elimination who the thing is. And it is very fun. I love this game. And we've gotten a couple people to play. The Curtises, our good friend Andy, who's been on the show, he plays it with us all the time. But it's hard to get other people involved because we're so into it. And some people who aren't like quite up on how the game goes are like, the fuck is going on? It's I have not played it i have not seen it played yet i don't even know the mechanics of it but i know that you obviously like it and have told me it's fun the thing is one of those properties that like i would eat the fucking breakfast cereal you know what i mean like i love yeah. it so much actually what it meant to tell you too i just bought the art book that i think we uh, saw at comic-con the, the first year we went i together. almost bought the art book because we could have gotten all these people to sign it but like to wait in line i was like I don't yeah know and it was mind. like it, it didn't necessarily matter if i didn't know who the artist was but like yeah. It's like 200 pages long, and there's a bunch of the art that I don't really care about at all. There's a bunch of it that's really interesting to see, and there's a bunch of it that's like clever as shit. Yeah. So I'm where I'm actually. It's so dense, though. I'm just working my way through it now, and it's like one of those things that, like, anytime you see or think or hear or someone mentions or talk about the thing, you want to go home and watch it that night. You know, 
Yeah. So I would definitely play that board game. I almost bought the PlayStation 2 game just because I wanted to try it, but then I heard so many things about it that like seemed anti the idea of it. Like I heard you play that game, you could give someone a blood test, they could be negative for the thing, you know, to be the thing, then you round the corner and suddenly they're the thing just because that's how the story needed it to go. So I was like, well, that's kind of stupid if the mechanics of the game are flawed based on the story. Well, we can find out because friend of the show, kind of our our, our video game reporter, Ryan Dempsey, just bought that game and he's been playing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we could find out. Yeah, I literally like a a year or two ago looked into it and there was a lot of people that said, oh, it's really fun. It's this, it's that. A lot of people said it's very repetitive and a lot of people said it's, um, it's not really fair because you'll try to do a test and then the test doesn't matter five seconds later based on the story. So it's like, well, that, that kind of, for me, it was like, oh, it's not really worth trying to track it down and play. I also, I'm not a big video game guy, but I would do, the, I would do the, the board game for sure. Oh, the board game's so fun. It's such a good game. And it's hard too, because the game works against you. Like it's set up not to win. Like it's very hard to. Yeah. You know what I, you know how I deal with games like that? How? I pour my Jimmy Bean all inside of it and I go, cheat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, just like in the movie. I get it. Oh, man. Dude, well, let's do a countdown. What are the best games? What are the All best right. What are the best ones? We'll come back with your Pulp Culture Countdown for the best games of our childhood. Ignition sequence start. Right, we are back with your Pulp Culture Countdown. These are the best games of your childhood, or at least Matt and I's. Matt, hit us with number five. My fucking did this really happen game was Torpedo Run. Floor Wars, shooting some little red discs at the other guy's battleship, blowing that shit up. It's like, it's what you want Battleship to be. It's so fucking fun. If you can watch the video for this, at least, if not, try to find it. Oh, man. Yeah, that I, I just remember playing with the shooty shooting mechanisms that look like little submarines <laughs> which is pretty fun but uh i don't know if i ever played the game proper but i do remember that being super I'll be, cool i'll be honest you it, you pretty much did it you just <laughs> didn't play it on the floor you know <laughs> we didn't follow the rules but you know whatever so at number four we have the want to play a game for kids the saw game for kids called grape escape where you put <laughs> grapes through this torture maze and smushed them and crushed them and cut them and sawed them in half. Make them, take them to the factory. Smash them, mash them. Now the history. Oh, my God. And these little kids are like, yeah, we're being trained to be serial killers. Yeah. Well, the best part is in that commercial, and I watched this last night. It says, a little bam, and now you're jamming. You're a little out of shape. And when it says that, the boot is flattening this red grape flat with, yeah. like, boot marks on it. His and eyes are popping the, out. Yeah. Right. And then the little girl in the live action part picks up the flattened, you know, pancake looking grape guy and she holds it up and she looks so cartoonily sad that her grape is flat. She's like, (laughs) (laughs) that game is so fun, man. It's like, it's one of those games, like, even if you don't win, who gives a shit? You got to cut grapes in half, you know, you got to torture some grapes. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Oh, wait. Someone please do a mashup of the Grape Escape song and the woman who falls in the grape tub or the ooh, 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 ah, it hurts. 
In what? You ever see that video? Oh, you ever oh saw yeah. That video? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're <laughs> going for stop, a deep dive. Stop, d- fail. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ah, 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 I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I hate laughing at people when they get hurt, but God damn, that video is funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, all right. That was number four. Number three, one that was on both of our lists, Fireball Island. This is definitely like a lot of memories in my basement playing that game with friends and family. I love that shit. Turn that idol's head, roll those. And it was like a dark crimson red marble. That was yeah. the fireball. Roll down, try to burn people. In my, in my mind, they burned alive, right? Absolutely. Fell and off like, bridges and shit. I love me some Indiana Jones. There are not enough adventure movies in the vein Fair. of Indiana Jones. And like the ones that they try are terrible. Like I don't know if you've ever watched an Alan Quartermain movie, but they are cringy. Cringy, yeah. cringy, cringy to watch because they are pretty fucking racist at this point, and they came out after Indiana Jones. So <laughs> you know better. Playing a board game that made basically made me Indiana Jones was really fun. Um, yeah, it's dog me. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that game was fun. I would love. That's a game I would love to fucking play. Like if I was at someone's house and they were like, "You want to play a game?" And we're like, "Yeah." What do you have? Shark Attack? No. Last of the Mohicans. All right, what else do you have? Fireball. Oh, we should have put Last of the Mohicans on this as a joke. That's what we should have done. That should have been number four. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Fireball Island, man. I think that's a good number three of for this list. That's something that, of this list. That's definitely something I would tell you guys to check out at least a video, if not try to play it somewhere. So number two, if you still have a VCR, you are not playing games right because you could be playing Nightmare <laughs> with. What's the guy's name? The Crypt Keeper? What's his name? The Gatekeeper. I'm the gate. This is, this is some of the stuff he says. I'm the Gatekeeper. This is my game by my rules. Yes, Gatekeeper. He goes, you have all been stained with a number and marked by a color. If I call your number or your color and you fail to answer, yes, my Gatekeeper in time, you are banished to the black hole. Where you grow older still. He also says, you're my kind of scum. I like scum. He's great. <laughs> Creepy. But yeah, VHS board games, a rare <laughs> 90s sort of just time capsule of weirdness. There's so many like 90s VHS board games, and I had never even heard of that concept until Grandma Nancy got me that game. And since then, I still have not played anything outside of this series. I've only played Nightmare. And they're fucking great. It'd be fun to track down a bunch of them. You still have a VCR? Fuck yeah, man. Good. I only have one left, though. People donated them to me for Shitty Movie Sunday because so many of my movies are so bad, they'll never be on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. But I'm on my last one right now. So I should probably, you probably can buy a couple somewhere. I should probably stockpile. Your wife, your wife would love that. I don't see why not. Yeah, she's just like fuck. <laughs> like so many things. I'm like, babe, this is how I am, and she's like, fuck. Uh, well, that brings us to number one, the number one game of our childhood. It really says a lot about us. <laughs> uh, I would feel bad for anybody in my family who left a considerable inheritance because I would start murdering everybody just out of yeah. out of like muscle memory, purely. 
<laughs> you'd like walk into the mansion to hear the will read and you'd be like, all right, I see a suit of armor over there. Okay, I see a, a shoddily constructed chandelier over there. Yeah. A ladder on a bookcase for some reason. <laughs> Why a chef would be up there to begin with, I don't know, but... To get a cookbook. See you later, chef. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about 13 Dead End Drive. This is one of the best games ever, ever, ever made. Why weren't there more cooperative murder games made? But I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. Based on on this episode and what you're saying, I'm going to look up at least 1313 Dead and Drive. But I'm at least going to look it up, see if that's not like super expensive one to get. Because that sounds like it would be fun as shit to play. The, the only difference, it's the same game. The only difference is it was redesigned to look different and it's smaller. It's a smaller footprint of a board, which is what it is. But it's a fun, still an awesome game to play. And they, the mechanics and the gameplay are not changed. Yeah, the mechanics and the gameplay are exactly the same. One of the, some of the murder stuff is different. Like you drop a piggy bank out of a safe onto a guy instead of, I think the- Oh, maybe, so the traps are different. Uh, Like the staircase is still there. The fireplace okay. is still there. The I think the chandelier is still there, but I think the suit of armor is now the safe with a piggy bank inside of it. And you open the safe door and the piggy bank falls on the guy. Oh, interesting. Minimally different. Interesting. But All right. Super fun. This is definitely like sometimes we tell you guys like almost like homework, like you should check this out. Or you should look this up. This is one that like I'll give myself the homework. I want to look this up, see, see how much it is and where where I can get it. Yeah, I I ugh, cannot recommend this game more. Hope you guys have played this, but let us know what you guys play. What what yeah. was your favorite game growing up? What was the one that your family almost ended over? Was it a game of Monopoly where you're like, oh my god, is mommy and daddy going to get a divorce? Start picking which aunt or uncle you want to go live with. <laughs> Let us know. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Till next time, Rumi, let's blast this thing off. Ooh, I got caught up in the crossfire. <laughs> crossfire! Yeah! <laughs> awesome. All right, guys, we're the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.